Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 253, experienced corporate lawyer Jerry Corson from Kane Lawyers discusses the process of capital raising and the different types of capital available at different stages of growth. The world of raising funds to grow your business can be complex and confusing, but Jerry's tips will help you navigate due diligence to surround yourself with the right people in order to find the right investors for your business. This is Jerry's version of Be The Drop. This episode was recorded live at Southstar in Adelaide. I've included a link in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about Southstar. Jerry, thank you so much for joining us for our next episode of Be The Drop. All good. Thanks yes. for having me. And we're here in a teepee at South Start, and you've been talking about getting investor ready. But before we start, we're going to find out a little bit about you and you've got a story to share with us that just sort of sets the scene. Yeah, so I'm a lawyer. I've been doing corporate law for about 25 years and I was really lucky to have effectively a startup experience halfway through my career because I ended up being sent from our London office of a big international firm to Hong Kong and was given the opportunity to basically build a a new business, which I'd never done before. I was a junior lawyer. So I got to experience all the things that a startup does of having to work out what products to sell in the market, who our clients were going to be, attracting them, selling to them and help building a team um, as a three-year qualified lawyer, which is an experience most lawyers don't get. So that sort of set me up to then take my technical skills and come back and help startups and growing businesses actually get into the market and be successful. Yeah. And so you're now with Kane Lawyers. I am. I've been with them for about nine years now. I have responsibility for helping clients grow, focusing on private and public mergers and acquisitions and capital raising. Fantastic. So, and today you've been talking here at South Start about getting investor ready. So first, what does that mean? How do we get investor ready? Yeah, so a lot of startups need other people's money in order to be able to grow. And so I've been talking to the community today about what are the things that they need to be thinking about um, when they're going through that process. So three key areas for me. The first was what are the types of capital that they might want to attract? The second is what sort of due diligence would investors be looking to do as they go through that investigation process? And the third area was around what transaction documents and the terms and conditions they might see when they're actually bringing capital into their business. And that's an interesting one, that that second point there, like doing the due diligence on the investors is an interesting point and perhaps something that maybe people aren't looking for with. They're like, oh, somebody's going to give me money. What is that requirement for me to do due diligence and check them out? Like- yeah, it's really important. I mean, we've we've always been able to uh, advise our clients around that, but money doesn't change, right? Money's money. But the the people who come with it, who actually invest in your business, come with their own personalities and their own targets for what they want out of your business. And at the end of the day, you've got to find a partner you can work with. So it's not just about their money. It's about what are the doors they can open, how they're going to help you grow your business, what networks they may have, a skill set that you might not otherwise have had. So doing your own due diligence on who's investing in you can be equally as important as 
answering the questions that they've got about your business. And obviously there are legal responsibilities and requirements that founders may need to be aware of and investors investing may need to be aware of, which if you've never been involved in that space, how do you even know what it is that you should be looking for or knowing about? Yes, that's really easy. You come and talk to us. (laughs) No, genuinely, one of the things that we find at all stages of business in Australia is that the business community is really open and helpful. And so the starting point is to build a network because our experience is that most businesses go through similar problems and you don't need to reinvent the wheel all the time. So I think that's one thing. I think government's got quite a lot of resources. The internet's wonderful for finding out more about stuff. I just think you've got to be a little bit cautious. In Australia, a lot of the stuff online is US-based and the markets are different, but there's genuinely no substitute for really good advice, be it legal or accounting or tax. You know, all of those things really help. And what would you say is some of the key legal areas that people need to be aware of like if you're a founder and you know you have a lot of understanding and knowledge in your area of expertise you may not understand law so what would be some of those key things what are your legal requirements or responsibilities what should you be most concerned about or if you're going to engage a law firm what do you even ask them yeah no that's uh, that's really fair the thing for me is i come back to the advisor point first up is use your network to work out who to ask because they will help you short circuit some of those questions to to answer that up front there's so many different areas of law you've got to think about your business operationally and make sure that you've understood whether you're operating in a regulatory space that you need certain authorizations for if you're talking about being investor ready it's about making sure that you understand when you're bringing in money there's some laws around what you can and can't say to attract investors so you can't be misleading you can't be deceptive you've got to tell the truth and you've got to be able to back that up with third-party documentation which is what the due diligence approach is about when investors are double checking what you've told them against what you've actually been able to show them i think they're the key things the contract law is obviously extremely important but as a startup business you've got so many different areas employment law intellectual property contracts litigation issues so not not an easy question to answer but lots of no. areas to think about yeah and one i suppose that's quite tricky is that intellectual property that you mentioned because if you're trying to attract investors then you obviously want to talk about you know particularly if you're a a startup and it's something new and different that you're creating or it's disruptive technology or something like that then you're going to need to share enough information to attract potential investors but then obviously there's a bit like you know with intellectual property how much should you share and how much is too much information? Yeah, so a lot depends on the nature of your business. And I think that the process sort of leads itself to not having to share too much. So people talk about the elevator pitch, which is so important. But the reality is if you can't explain to me succinctly what your business is doing and why you're looking for money, then I'm not interested in investing anyway. And you should be able to do that without giving away your secret source. I I use the example today, we were doing due diligence on a business that its sole business was a trade secret. They'd found a way of uh, manipulating a material that the rest of the market fundamentally said just wasn't possible and they had, but they'd kept that as a trade secret. So they couldn't tell us how to do it because they would have lost the benefit of their knowledge. So we ended up getting a third party involved who was in the market around an expert in intangible property to go and review it for us. So they had reputational risk if they sort of breached the confidence, they weren't in the game of wanting to take the information and use it. So that 
meant that both sides were comfortable that this advisor could sit in the middle, do the due diligence and understand what was going on to be able to just then tell us, yes, we think this is real. Yes, we think it works. Yes, we think you should invest in it. And so we never actually knew what the, the trade secrets were. Yeah. And, and I suppose that's the sort of information and example that you're talking about build a network have people around you have that shared experience so then if a founder finds themselves in that same situation they can go oh okay so these are options i can follow through that still protect my trade secrets but enable me to have informed conversation with potential investors yeah no absolutely correct i don't reinvent the wheel you know i've been doing this 25 years and there are people with more gray hairs than me in different skill sets make make use of networks find out who knows what they're doing um, and talk to them and you know, again, at some point you might pay them for that advice, but before you even get there, you'll build a network of people who'll give you so much knowledge for free, something that seems really difficult to you because you've never seen it before. Somebody will have seen a million times and know what the answer is before you even get the question out. So yeah, build your networks, get to know people, find your cohort that you can trust and you'll get a long way to getting where you need to be. Mm. And so when you're delivering this session and, and having these conversations, what are the biggest challenges? What are their concerns? What are the questions that you're hearing a lot in how to get investor ready? So I think one of the biggest challenges for investors right, is not spending money. So if we could fix it, if I had a magic wand, it would be that we could all help early stage businesses without money needing to change hands and the ecosystems are helping with that. I think the key thing is how do you not waste time in finding the right investors who are actually going to be interested in investing in me and then going through the process with them. It's hugely time consuming. People don't like to say no. So often they will not say yes, but not say no. And you get caught up in this loop of, I think they're interested. I've got to pursue this when in in reality, bringing stuff to a head and getting a yes or no answer would save you time and allow you to get back into your business or onto another investor. Mm. But what is the solution for that? Again, networks help knowing that you're going to the right investors for your type of requirement absolutely helps. Every investor's got a sweet spot that they love and areas that they will just not invest in. And unfortunately, I think a lot of founders don't have sufficient knowledge of who to target and therefore they can waste a bit of time on that so networks again help talking to people early so again another example people invest in people who've got a track record and if you can engage early and explain to investors what you're going to do and then do it that gives you a big tick when it comes to them being keener to put money to work in your business because you've proved that you will go away and do what you say you'll do and that's that's really important they invest in people they don't invest in ideas so and what about getting grants or government funding support does that look good to potential investors or it doesn't really matter you know what what's the importance of that funding within the the investment space yeah really good question it definitely looks good because most grant funding is competitive and so if you've been successful in winning a grant then that says to an investor that there's something different about your business to everybody else so yes it's good grant money is often free it may need matching but you don't need to pay it back so absolutely if you can use grant money rather than your own money or somebody else's money that's brilliant the government particularly in south australia has put so much time and effort into trying to support early stage businesses you know andrew nunn's the chief entrepreneur is fantastic he's got a great vision for where he wants south australia to go the lot 14 princic down here and all of the people that that just brings a hub for them to hang out and be together and learn off each other 
experienced and inexperienced in the same melting pot. It's just really good idea. And again, that leads into that, the network and connection side. And I suppose going through that grant funding sort of process and experience is also going to network and connect founders as well. I can't talk about it enough. You know, I talk about my own career. It's been built around building a reputation and getting to know people. And fundamentally, the strength of that network has been incredibly supportive and important to me. And I think it's the same in early stage. If you're a business owner and you're doing it for the first time, you know, it's a really lonely place. You need other people around you who can give you the confidence to keep going. So all of the things that we see around the networking events, around the hub at Lot 14, around events like South Start, you know, the guys have done an absolutely cracking job in building what is, I, I suspect, one of the preeminent sort of early stage conferences in Australia now. To see people flying in from all over the country to, to be part of this and to see the close connections that they've already got, you know, it's, it's a great community. People should embrace it and be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because we're talking about getting investor ready, which is obviously around dollar focused but you're talking about it's really important that the founders very clear on their why and their purpose and then you're also talking about doing your due diligence and understanding the people that come with the money so on both sides of this equation we're looking at and the networks around you're really strongly talking about the people and the connections and the human element in that Uh, it's all it's all people and especially at the early stage you know the things that go wrong in early stage businesses are often down to the people not being well gelled together in a team or bringing in the wrong partner or trying to sell to the wrong customer. I think people's fundamentally important. And again, big um, element of this conference is about connecting people and collaborating. And I think it works really well. Being really genuine as well. You know, I've been doing this long enough that I've seen the games played. They don't happen quite so much these days. And I, I think the ability to be open and frank with people and honest about where you are and what you need helps build that trust that actually gets you further ahead. Even if you're going badly, going backwards, being honest and open about the problems you're facing is much more likely to get you a lift up to where you need to be than trying to brazen through. Because if you tell everybody it's all going well, there's nothing for them to help you with. Whereas if you are honest about the things that might be going badly, they can actually point you in the right direction and introduce you to other people or give you some ideas or just listen. So yeah, really helpful. Oh, fantastic, Jerry. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insights. In conclusion, though, if you could share with me your Be The Drop tip. So Be The Drop is based on the saying that I love, which is a waterfall begins with one drop. How do we bring together people? How do we motivate and inspire action? Look, I think this community does it really well, but be curious. We're all a little bit nervous about who's that person I don't know over the other side that looks like they are well liked go and ask them go and have the conversation find out who they are what their story is and you might be surprised they might have something to learn from you and or vice versa so yeah just have the conversation i think and curiosity is such a great a great asset isn't it thank you so much thanks for having me thanks for joining me for another episode of be the drop Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. 
Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.